new drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry, watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T. Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Right off the hop, we have some breaking news. This coming down less than 30 minutes ago, according to Darren Drager, who uh, covers hockey for TSN, he put out on Twitter, Nazem Kadri had surgery to repair an injured thumb sustained on the hit by Evander Kane. Kadri unlikely to be available for the remainder of the postseason, but isn't being ruled out officially. We knew that was probably likely because he came back to Denver. He didn't come back to Denver just to have it looked at, probably. So I sensed we all understood that that was coming. Yeah. Now, more injury news. I was out of Broncos practice today. Jerry Judy left practice reportedly with a groin injury. Uh, K.J. Hamler, who has been injured a lot as a Broncos wide receiver, he was, I don't want to say receiving treatment on the side, but he was being looked at as well. So now that we've gotten a lot of the injury news out of the way, let's start the show with the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Avs have a chance to close out the Oilers tonight. Of course, everybody is talking about Kadri's injury. Uh, the hit, cheap shot by Evander Kane. No surprise it came from him with that cross-check, as we said at the top of the show. Kadri out for the rest of the series for sure. Just had surgery today. It is a broken thumb. With that, how big of a loss is Kadri? Not only for the rest of this season, even if it ends tonight, but for the rest of the postseason. 21 years ago, we were looking at after after the Avalanche came back, after the Avalanche beat the Los Angeles Kings in seven games, we're saying, oh, geez, there's just no more Peter Forsberg. Peter Forsberg suffered his, his spleen injury that night and had the spleen removed. Didn't play the last two rounds. Probably could have in the finals, but it, discretion was the better part of Valor there. So we were very worried about it back 21 years ago, and he's a better player than, than Nazem Kadri. He is, but let's talk about depth then. Because for as much as I love McKinnon, and he is a special player, with all due respect to Nathan McKinnon, he is not Joe Sackick. And Patrick Waugh... Oh, no, he's getting there. Okay. Here, I'll put it to you like this. Okay. When it comes to pure skill, I'm with you on that. There's no doubt that McKinnon's a better player than Joe Sackick. However, you know the stories as well as I do, that when the... Avalanche needed a goal. He would very casually skate by the bench and look at every guy and say, what? Well, what would he say? You and I both know the same stories. I got it. And inevitably, he got it. Sometimes it was in overtime. Yes. So when it comes to clutch goals, uh, listen, McKinnon's fantastic. Okay, fine. I'll make this comparison. Francois and Kemper on their best days aren't half of Patrick Waugh. No, they are not. So, but let's look at those rosters. Uh, you put that out on Twitter a couple of days ago. You covered those teams. I did not. I was in Chicago working. So, when you look at that 2001 team losing Forbes, 
Forsberg. What do they have left in terms of depth and talent? And then let's compare it to this team. They had a lot of depth. They had a lot of talent. And in this case, uh, they've made up for losing Forsberg. And they moved people around and it got, it, the job got done. And there was no need to push him back in. And it, the other thing about the 2001 and 96 teams, though, we have to, if we want to try to make it apples and apples, it's almost impossible because, because it was the pre-cap here. And now putting together this roster. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think the cap matters now because we're in the playoffs. It's no. not like you're picking up somebody well, else. Well, no, you're still, having, you're still having to assemble the roster for the postseason with the regular season cap. No, no, As I know that, but we're getting. What I'm saying is, we're getting sidetracked. Just look at the actual roster that year, and that's what we need to focus on. Not, hey, Pierre Lacroix was able to bring in uh, this player and this player. Let's just look at the actual roster. Right, right now, the 2001 team is the best one of the three, but this team, the problem, the issue here is you can't see this ending. Regardless, let's say they go to the finals and lose. I think they'll go to the finals and win now. But you look at it. That's this is not ending. This is a progression. This will continue on the upward climb. Kale McCarr isn't going to suddenly forget how to play. Right. He's going to be around for a long, long time. Right. So I guess it's almost academic whether you consider this team better than the 2001 team or the 96 team because this team's going to get better. Well, we- and, and I do think, and I, you're, I do think you have to take into consideration the cap system and the cap circumstances when giving credit to the Avalanche and Joe Sackick for an accomplishment. No, that's, for a, that's, business. Not, my, that's not what I'm referring to. You're just to. saying if they played on the ice. No, no, that, I'm not even saying that. Which team, which roster could sustain an injury more? Forsberg with the 2001 team or Kadri with this team? That's what I mean. This has nothing to do with salary. The cap. 2001 team losing Peter Forsberg. So if that's the case, then maybe it isn't as apples to apples. No. Because, and that's my point exactly. You put it out, and it's an actual fact that Forsberg didn't play in those final two series. There is a difference because I don't know who took Forsberg's spot in the lineup. Who took his spot in the lineup? I'd have to go back and look. Essentially. Like, what? okay. TJ Comfers had a great series, and maybe he turns out to be the number two center, right? JT Comfort, excuse me. He turns out to be the number two center. They're going to do one of two things. They're going to put just Rantanen, slide, maybe? slide JT Comfort up or move Rantanen into that spot. Okay. And I think I think the way things are going, it's the simplest move and probably the smartest move just to slide Comfort up into that spot. And because he's playing great. He is playing great. How many? Do you know how many minutes a game he's playing? No. Not okay. off the top of my head. And, and, and Danny, can you look this up for us? Can you see how many minutes a game... Comfer is playing because this is important. All right. Comfer has been terrific. Him coming out of the box and scoring that goal was nothing short of spectacular. And the funniest part was he didn't even know the puck went in the goal. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of like bringing a player off the bench who's playing 17 minutes a game and then saying, now he's going to go into your starting line. Comfer's playing 13 minutes a game. Bingo. And what's he going to have to play as the second line center? 18. There we go. And that's my point exactly. Now you're giving him extended minutes. He's a very good player. And he's been great in the times he's had to be be on the ice. But five minutes a game is quite a bit, especially if you go into the Stanley Cup final round, for lack of a better phrase. At some point, you're going to get some diminishing returns. 
yeah. be, because he's not as good. The, but uh, but the, I think he can handle it. I'm not saying he can't handle it. I'm questioning, can he be at the same level that he's at right now, playing five to six more minutes per game? Again, it's kind of like taking a guy off your bench in basketball, yeah. and he's playing 22 minutes a game, and now suddenly you're making him play 32 minutes a game. It's different. Yes. But I, I think he can handle it. And in this case, when you're looking at rolling four lines, you know, the, the onus, the responsibility doesn't focus on, focuses on the top line, of course, with Nathan, with Nathan McKinnon. And I know he can handle it. But after it. that, after that, yes, I think JT Comfort could handle being on the second line. He can handle Sandra being on the second He line. can handle being on the second line. He's good enough to play on the second line. The question is, are we going to see this type of production for an extra five, six minutes per game. Well, you're not moving. You're not moving Randon from one line to another line. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You're, just, a, you're just sliding him from wing to center on the second line. You're talking about Randon? Randon, if he's playing center. We, I wouldn't move Randon, would you? No. No, I wouldn't even but consider he's, it. But that's the other possibility. It's either JT Comfort or, or Randon to take over Codrick's I, I spot. Th- right, and I think that you go JT Comfort. Let's talk about tonight's game briefly. Um, I mean, we we can get into the whole Kane thing. The guy's a punk. He's a bully. He's, he the, 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 he the, makes wh- me mad. Yeah. You know why he makes me mad? Why? He's got 13 goals. It shows that the mullet head can play hockey if he puts his mind to it. Well, you know he what? He doesn't need to do that crap. And, and anybody tries to tell you, well, he has to, he has to play with that edge that way to be effective. Well, no, you no. don't have to be a punk. Chris Simon had a couple of really good seasons, too. Yeah, scoring the until his shoulder gave out. Right, I mean he he was a guy that I covered with the Blackhawks. You covered him here. With that, you and I talked about this following the Blues game. There was going to be a layoff going into the Western <laughs> Conference Finals. Well, if they win tonight and close it out, and by the way, remind me never ever ever to take your advice when it comes to betting on hockey. Because I said to you, I think they're going to win game through. No chance. No, that, Ed, that you know Edmonton what? crowd. They are so knowledgeable and so passionate. You know where they were knowledgeable and passionate? In the post-game show after they got their ass kicked in game three. And they were all drunk and stupid. Meanwhile, Wayne Gretzky is sounding like an absolute. Don't say that. Please. No. Don't ever say on the air if you don't want to be considered an absolute chill. I feel badly for the Oilers players because they work so hard you lost all credibility but, you're the greatest you're the greatest hockey player of all time but, don't bring that garbage on that the College. idea that wayne gretzky is a complete homer for the oilers ignores the fact the oilers traded him for god's sake he played for four nhl it's, teams. it's not the he point. didn't spend his entire career with the you oilers. should never say as an analyst i feel bad for the players in the locker room because they work so hard and having a oh, tie I agree to that, with team. that that was pathetic but as far as tonight's game goes I would have no problems with them losing tonight's game. I would like them to close it out tonight, but they will have an eleven-day break, if, and if that they, is substantial. If they lock in for the with the eighteenth is the start date, which is what ABC wants. They want the eighteenth. Yeah, you know what the eighteenth is? My wedding. <laughs> Sorry, Mandy. All bets are off. Although I'm getting married before the game, but I can promise you the game will not be on I, during the reception. By the way, I have I have to tell you something about my prediction the other night when I said that. I, th- I thought the Avalanche would lose both games in Edmonton and come uh-huh. back here tight. Yeah, you're, you're, you know you're, what? You're trying, you know, you're not very attractive when you beep. You know what? Because you're just walking this back. You know what? Yeah. I, I thought that was going to happen. You thought what was going to happen. 
that they were going to lose both games in Edmonton and I come didn't. back here two to two. I thought they would win at least one. I have. I make no apology for thinking that. I was wrong. That's okay. I'm wrong on a lot of things, so you don't have to apologize. And I give you credit for saying I was wrong because most guys would just stick to their guns and try and defend it. I'm the same way. If I'm wrong, boom, I'll tell you I'm wrong. Let's just move on. Um, here's the here's the thing about the game in in general because we have to hit a break. The Oilers came out flying, obviously, in the first 50 seconds. It was their best game. Okay. The Avs were better in that game, too. Yes, they were. Right. And that's that's <laughs> my point. They're just about... And I put that out on Twitter before the game. The best team will win this game tonight, and the Avs are the better team. And yes, if they can sustain that flurry by Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl and the rest of them, eventually you're going to have the law of averages. And it's going to kind of balance out. There's no way they're going to bring 60 minutes of intensity like that. And then after the Kane penalty you could say it deflated them a little bit but at the end of the day the abs are still the better team. i think the avalanche will lose tonight it'll come back here three to one which and, means which isn't going to break anybody's heart and and it's really weird because you're talking about it they they don't fear the layoff but i think they're they would be uneasy about that loss. i would agree dan were you were you getting excited just a minute ago because terry predicted another oilers win after what he said going into game three makes me feel better about my avalanche bet that me too so you are you are the George Costanza of this radio show. Whatever you say, just Vandalay Industries. Vandalay Industries. Nicely done. Coming up after the break, there was a report this morning that the Broncos have a new owner. I don't believe that is necessarily true, but here is the big news: there might be a guy joining whichever owner there is. Who is it? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. We talked about it in the last segment, Terry, uh, about the depth the Avalanche had in 2001 at the forward position, trying to compare it to losing Kadri. You looked it up. What did the Avs have back then as depth? Chris Drury, Milan Hayduk, Alex Tangay, Vile Neiman and even stepped up a bit. You had Dan Heinel, Sean Podine, who still hasn't changed out of his uniform after winning the Stanley Cup. And Steven Reinprecht, who was who came with Rob Blake and was part of that deal. And and Stefan Yell. So yeah, they had a lot of forward depth there. I mean, if we're being completely honest. And and I say this with all due respect to Nazem Kadri, and I understand. And I would say he was probably or arguably the MVP of the team this season. Is that fair to say? Yeah, arguably. Yes, fifty nine assists. If we're being completely honest, he's not even. He he might be the fifth best player on this roster. Yes, if you take Makar, Taves, Rantanen, Landeskog, and McKinnon. McKinnon. Right. So he's number six is where I would slot him. With all due respect for what he did this season, where was Forsberg? Number 1A. There we go. And I get asked a lot, uh, who's better, Peter Forsberg or Joe Sackick? In the avalanche 
world, it was Joe. The right answer is Joe Sackick because Peter Forsberg's often on again, off again presence on the roster. And That's injuries. right. Joe Sackick was here for his entire career. Right. Once they came from Quebec. So the correct answer is Joe Sackick. Now, if you're saying who was the better player, right? The better player was Peter Forsberg. Right. I would agree. The guy, with that. He, he literally took over games. In his Hart Trophy season, and even in the playoffs the year he did not play in the regular season at all, he, it was just like your, your mouth would drop. Right. You, you could knock him off the puck. He would deliver preemptive hits. Here, I'll ask you this. Who is the better running back, Terrell Davis or Floyd Little? Forget about the impact to the organization, which Floyd Little had a tremendous impact on the organization historically. So you're leading me to the question I'm not going to give you because the correct answer to that is Floyd Little. Okay. And I would say, and to, to the point that you just made about Forsberg, okay, mm-hmm. Terrell Davis had three. He had, he had the greatest three-year stretch of any running back in NFL history. However, he was injured so much. You, you would say Floyd Little like Joe Sackick, but... In terms of pure talent, it was Terrell Davis. In this case, I'm trying to remember who was just simply plugged in. If anybody was just plugged in at center to to take Forsberg's place, the one that I would think would have, would have made the most sense because he wanted to play center was Chris Drury. Right. And he had he had eleven goal he had eleven goals in that playoff. Well, guess what? It, that that was a very nice segue because we might see Chris Drury. Again. Yes. Because what does he do again? He's the general manager of the New York Knicks. And the, no, you mean the Rangers. The if, he was, if he was the GM of the Knicks, that would be a story. We have some breaking news, stop Danny. It, stop it, Let's stop get it. to some breaking okay, news. Next, Chris Drury has just been brain, named. Your next brain lock, I'm going to overreact. Time now for the buzz. <laughs> the buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. There is a report in Forbes this morning that everybody jumped all over. Rob Walton, according to Forbes, will be the new owner of the Broncos. The problem is the final bids from the four groups hadn't even been fully submitted. When were they due? Three o'clock today? Three o'clock today. Did you, you get yours in? You were a little late getting to the station. I, I was scraping together some nickels to get this thing done, and I I got all the money at 320. However, I am officially out with that. How did they, how did they do, tell you that? Did they say, bring your playbook? or No, because I didn't have a playbook. I just said I, I couldn't make the, the financial deadline in time. With this, and this is interesting, according to our friend Mike Cliss from Nine News, all four bidders have spoken to Peyton Manning to gauge his interest in joining their ownership groups as a minority partner or an advisor. I'm guessing Manning (laughs) might say yes. I was told he was part of at least one ownership group's bid, maybe even two. Mm -hmm. But with that, if Manning jumps on, let's say, with Walton, what role do you think he would want, and do you think he would want a role? He would want an executive vice president type role. Mm, I, th- I think you might want to go a little higher than that. Higher. I think he wants Joe. It's, he would want Joe Ellis's role for everything that he's doing. President. He, yeah, he'd want to be the president of the team. Yep. That would involve an, a massive, massive investment of time and energy. I, is he? Is he? He's got so many other things going. Was he, does. he Is he willing to step away from everything else in his life and become 100% dedicated 
devoted to becoming the, the Broncos president, well, CEO, boss, whatever you want to call it. You, you know of Manning's work ethic, as do I, and we know enough about him. He's not going to do anything half-assed. So even if he is an executive vice president of the team, mm-hmm. that requires full-time work yeah. anyway. I, I guess the title doesn't matter as much as what the, what his duties would be and what, what he would be thinking he was doing and whether they could agree on that going in so there is no misunderstanding. Sometimes these kind of roles, you see uh, even Wayne Gretzky when, when he was involved in hockey. Wayne Gretzky was a joke as a coach, an executive, and now a broadcaster, but the greatest <laughs> hockey player to ever play the game. Oh, no, Do, hey, not compare hey, Wayne Gretz- down. Do not compare Wayne Gretzky off the ice, off the field to Peyton well, Manning. Well, Wayne Gretzky was, there's, a there's better, no was a better hockey player than Peyton Manning was a football player. And that's fine because he's the greatest of all time talking about Gretzky. But when it comes to everything else, LeBron James is a better businessman. Well, how, how if you were if you were Rob Walton, how much responsibility would you be comfortable with giving Peyton Manning? What do you want? That's what I would say. What do you want? What what role would, would you, you automatically give it to him? Yeah, I would, because knowing his work ethic, yes, because he wants to become part of football. I think he would like to become part of football as an owner. I believe that's what he wants, and I believe he and his family are trying to cobble together dollars in order to eventually do that. When you say family, you mean Archie and... All of them. Yeah. Eli. Yeah, all of them. The the Manning family wants to own a team. So why not be a president of a team and learn how to run a team? I have zero doubt that his work ethic would carry him far. But if $4.5 billion is is what we think is probably in the ballpark for the the bid price... Mm -hmm. Peyton Manning's never going to have four point five billion dollars no, in his he'd family. He'd be a minority partner. He'd be, no, you only need thirty percent of that in order to buy an NFL team. So you only 13 need thirteen and a half billion dollars. No, thirteen and a half million dollars. Yes. Okay. Uh, with his production company, listen, LeBron James is already worth over a billion. You need to have thirty percent stake. That was bad at, math. It's all right. You have to have thirty percent stake as an owner as the majority owner, Mm -hmm. to own a team. So whatever 30% of that is, yes, it's going to come out in the neighborhood of a billion dollars. But remember, they're starting to build things. That production company is doing well. I'm not suggesting it's going to be the greatest production company of all time. But but he's making money in endorsements. He's so... I mean, the, the whole family's doing television commercials. I think they're trying to build a fortune. He's still a young guy. He's only in his 40s, right? Right. So in 10 years, when Peyton Manning is a, at what, like 55 years old? I'm I'm practically that age. So my point is, is that maybe in 10 years, he does have the money to buy it. However, those prices will go up as well. Let's just say it is Rob Walton. Off the top of your head, what are the pros? Are there any cons? I, I can't see any cons as long as he doesn't feel as if that massive, massive investment gives him license and uh, and the need to, to be an ex- excessive meddling owner. And I don't, I, I get the impression without really knowing it, he hasn't shown any of those signs. Stan's not a meddling owner. <clears throat> Stan's not a meddling owner. He, he lets his guys do their thing. He has a but his guys is Josh. Josh is a fantastic executive, and you know Josh as well as I do. He's the guy who happened to hire Masai Ujiri. I don't know Josh well. I okay. Know, I, know. I can't say he's my closest friend. He's the guy 
who hired Sackick and empowered him to make decisions. Mm -hmm. He is the guy who hired Masai Ujiri. He is the guy who hired Arturis Karnasovas. He is the guy who hired Tim Conley. He is four for four on hiring executives. Is his attention in the game now? Who? Josh Kroenke. No, I mean, he, he's diverted with Arsenal and other things. So, I, I, The point is, he has hit four balls out of the stadium when it comes to hiring executives. And then allowed Joe to make decisions and said, I'm going to stand back. Hockey is your thing. Mm -hmm. They're one game away. It's a lot easier to do for hockey than basketball when you think you know about basketball. Okay. Well, um, have the how many years in a row have the Nuggets missed the playoffs? Not a lot. No. And they're willing to go into the luxury tax, which I believe they are. Now, I don't think they're going to bring in star players. I think Josh Kroenke's done a fantastic job because he has, he has spotted talent. He has hired talent. You could criticize them for maybe not paying enough to their executives. I think that's a fair argument. You can absolutely trash the Kroenke family for everything that's going on Comcast. with Comcast. But again, that is a different conversation. Yes. And by the way, the greatest line, the greatest line from Kroenke's press conference last Friday was this. When he was asked about the equity that Tim Conley got in the Timberwolves, he said, we're not a startup. <laughs> and you know what? The Kroenke family is not a startup. Oh, it, it founded the greatest startup, startup in the history of American business. Walmart. It was a startup. But that, right. wasn't the, but that wasn't the Kroenke family. That was the Walmart family. family. Kroenke married into it, but, but Stan certainly had his own money doing something yes. else. So is and oh by the way, uh, so so our, I think you have to link them all though, don't you? I mean, you okay, can't. okay, let's link them all. Okay, the Nuggets have a two-time MVP and have made the playoffs X number of years in a row. The Avalanche, right? Yeah, one game away from from going to the Stanley Cup Final. The Mammoth, really stinking good, right? Yes. Okay, the Rapids have won a title in the last five years, right? I believe the Rams just won a Super Bowl, and Arsenal's really good. How's the Kroenke family doing? Why are why is it such why is he so tone deaf about the Comcast? Again, that's a t different conversation. But no, no, it's a different. But we're, if you want to be beloved for all these things, you he, have to. You have. He doesn't to be, care about being beloved. He cares about winning, and that's what all of his teams do. Period. Yes, the fans have gotten screwed. No question about it. Again, different conversation. As far as winning goes, LA fans are happy. Arsenal fans are happy. Mammoth fans are happy. Avs fans are happy, and Nuggets fans are happy. Two of the, the last two, no, they can't see their team. I'm with you on that, but you can buy tickets. But it's so toxic that it, it, it is spoiling the legacy of, of Josh Kroenke and Stan Kroenke in this market. It's just it's stunning the level of antipathy and resentment for an owner that you just ran through the qualifications. Yep. That, that should be enough to answer all questions, the, but it isn't. The Kroenke family has been walking the yellow brick road over the last three to five seasons with all of their teams. And there was only one bucket of poop sitting on that yellow brick road. <laughs> and not only did they put their foot in it, but they, it got stuck in that bucket. And that is the Comcast situation. But as far as winning goes, these fans cannot complain. Not at all. You can't complain. Can you? No. Right. And, and that's what owners do. However... He has completely botched it with the TV thing. Nuggets perfectionists may quarrel with us a little bit on that. Say again? The Nuggets perfectionists, the people who want the Nuggets to be even better. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Do me a favor and go invent, go invent a new form of back surgery, new knee surgery. Get back to me. So 
Jamal Murray and MPJ could be on the court faster. Go do that for me. Go invent something that an ACL only needs two weeks to heal. Then come then come and talk to me, right? What are you complaining about? Your two of your top three players are out, right? That just gets thrown. That just gets thrown out. It's so matter of fact. Michael Porter Jr. is under a max contract. We don't even know how good he is. We don't know. That was we a don't know huge how good he is. mistake by Tim Conley. And even a bigger mistake by Cronky Josh approving it and Dad signing off on it. You and I are on the same page okay. there. No doubt. Coming up after the break, Avs, wow, blazing through the playoffs. How do you compare them to the 96 Cup team and the 01 Cup team? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, Go to rmfp.com. Just put this out on Twitter. If the Avalanche win the Stanley Cup at home, Stan Kroenke is going to walk onto that ice next to Gary Bettman. You know Bettman's getting booed. But when Bettman essentially hands the cup to Kroenke, do you think he is going to get booed or cheered? It depends on it. The, the, the protocol is for him to hand it to the captain of the team. No, I know, but Kroenke will be on, on the ice. He'll at least be out there, yes. Right, so... Now, will he be out there? On, <laughs> will he be out there on the ice at the exact same time as Bettman, or will he walk out? Uh, it'd be, uh, I would suspect he would walk out. I don't. Re- he 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 was the owner of the team in two thousand and one. I don't remember exactly how it went about, but that was the that was the night that that Joe Sackick made the famous touch pass to Ray Bork. Right. I don't think Joe Sackick will do a touch pass to Stan Kroenke. No, Stan but, Stan was so green then too. It was almost refreshing. Well, the thing is, if Stan does walk onto the ice. With the red carpet, obviously. I would be very <laughs> curious to see the reception. There, Gary Bettman gets booed for no reason at all. Everywhere he goes, when every cap ceremony, every cup ceremony, he did a really good job in the in the bubble when Tampa Bay won the title. I thought he did it. They all get booed. He did an amazing job of putting everything in perspective very briefly. He didn't make yeah. a monologue, but he, he got it he got it out there about special circumstances. And he still got booed. Yeah. All commissioners. Uh, when I booed. say booed, I, right. I mean uh, people not there, but. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. Every Monday on the show, we do the Rocky Mountain Forest product shout-out question. Ty Calcade and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. I'm going to lean heavily on you. The top two teams in Avs history are the two cup teams. The Avs have to win a cup to be mentioned in the same sentence. Let's say they do. The Avalanche are currently 11-2 and in the playoffs. The 96 cup champs were 16-6. and 01 champs were 16-7. and If this year's roster wins the cup, where would they sit in franchise history? I think they'd be second behind the 2001 team. 
And really, there was a lot of turnover in the five years between the two two cups. But that that team, the 2001 team, was just so deep with talent that I I'll put them number one for now. But with the idea again, as I expressed earlier, that you you'd be poised to draw a line through it and move them down. But this team, if it wins the Stanley Cup this year, it's they're not going to stop there. They're going to win three cups in five years. Uh, usually, I'm going to come back with that something. Cup three times in five years. The purists always go after you. For usually, I will have an opinion about something. We'll go back and forth, and we'll send it to the guys. But I'm going to ask you two questions in a row. 96 team plays this year's team. You have Watt and Gold. What is Watt's goals against average? against this roster 2.8 so he gives up maybe about three goals three, a game yeah but patrick Waugh still could have the ability to give up fewer goals than the guy at the other end that's how he viewed it he wasn't really a stats guy he's really kind of weird because he's such a perfectionist and he would he would rate himself mercilessly and at times he was uh I didn't, he would be in denial about every goal was somebody else's fault. Correct me if I'm wrong here. When it comes to this year's defense, I'm not saying that this defense is better than the other two cup teams, but they have so much more speed and they cycle the puck out of their own zone so quickly. I'm not so sure. As great as those forward groups were with both of those teams, they would get as many chances. And they've got the two young guys coming up too. And they're only going to get better. Yeah. Guys, what do you think? With that, um, it would be a fascinating discussion. And that would be a discussion. But when you rattled off all of those forwards on the cup team in 01, I mean, I'll just go back to something that we said. This is all due respect to Nazem Kadri. He's probably the sixth best player on this roster, despite his regular season. Because if I said to you, who would you rather lose, McKinnon or Kadri? You'd say Kadri or Taves or Makar or Landeskog or Ratnan. No disrespect to Kadri. Even the 96 team, our introduction to the NHL after the departure of the Colorado Rockies in the early 80s, I don't think we knew how good we had it with that team. You look at that now with Valeri Kamensky, Forsberg, Sandus Ozelinch was the missing piece, the the wandering Latvian defenseman, Mike Ricci, Yui Krupp on defense. Who's who's the top defensive pairing for that team? What the '96 team? Yeah, no, not 2001 team. Well, the 2001 team was Foot and Bork. Okay, so you have two Hall of Famers. Yeah, Bork Bork was beyond. He was he was going downhill okay. at that point. Okay, fine. So and he knew it, and that's why he retired. Who would you rather have, Bork and Foot, or, or or right, Bork and Foot? Is that who you said? Yes. Or would you rather have Taves and McCarr? Right now, I'd say I'll take Taves and McCarr. How about the 96 team? The 96 team was Gusaroff and Foot. Well, I'll take McCarr and Taves. But right? Ozilinch is, t- at least in a, t- in, in a loose type sense, is the same as Hale McCarr, Sanders Ozilinch. I don't mean as good. What? I'm not saying that. You're overreacting. I'm not saying as good. I'm saying in the type, the type, the... He was given the mandate and the and carte blanche to to, to rush the puck yes, up and that, that and jump that, in the play, and but, that, but and they didn't. But he had to be covered for it because that was a style of hockey at that time. Right now, now all six Avalanche defensemen, even Jack Johnson, which has been kind of interesting to see, has been going along with the jump into the play right. mandate. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance? Just in case you missed it. 
Quinn Snyder stepped down from his position as head coach of the Utah Jazz over the weekend. We'll take a look at the NBA coaching carousel, the positions that have been filled and what's left and where the Jazz job ranks among them. That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At T Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. Some of you may or may not know, Mandy and I are getting married a week from this Saturday. We have to change our estate plan. We have to make a bunch of changes. But one of the reasons why, and there are many reasons why, I really liked working with Dan McKenzie at the McKenzie Law Firm is he offers follow-ups at no charge. There's a certain amount of time you can make changes to things. And it just happened to hit the time when we were getting married. With that, Dan, how are you, my friend? Great. How are you? Why is it so important to be in your business model to offer a free consultation as a follow-up when we both know a lot of attorneys will charge you for oxygen when you just walk in their door? (laughs) We really want to encourage that because uh, it's a big problem that people don't keep these things up to date. We just had a meeting earlier today with somebody who is the ex-spouse of somebody who passed away, but she is the spouse, named as the spouse in the will. It just never got updated. And uh, fortunately, the family is um, okay with everything, and so it's not going to be a big problem, but it could have been. And we got another, we got another case uh, that we're working on where somebody was given a house um, by address in the will, and that house got sold, and the will never got updated. So now everybody's arguing over whether he's supposed to get the proceeds from the sale or the house. Now that the house, like, what was supposed to happen? Like, it never got. I mean, that will is 15 years old. So, um, creates more problems than it solves, frankly, to have that will out there. I mean, I like the fact that you do it because essentially, you are putting our will into autopilot. Meaning, mm-hmm. you know, you let us know, hey you need to make any changes how often do you offer that and there is no charge to the best of my knowledge i haven't got an invoice uh well every year we're going to write a letter to our clients and just say hey it's been a year um and it's not terribly common that every year you need to do an update but uh certainly getting married is a big change um so i usually tell people you know marriage uh, divorce, birth, or death. So change in marital status or ad- addition or uh, subtraction from the family are kind of the big big events. And um, But usually it is after about five years. I mean, it's, it's, it would be surprising to me if there were no changes at all. So, and, yeah. And it's a complimentary, what, 45-minute consultation in case we need to make any changes. And generally speaking, I'm guessing people say to you, no, we don't need to make any changes. But the customer service that you guys offer, it just makes you think, oh, maybe I do need to do something. And I can't imagine a lot of attorneys do that, do they? I mean, you know a lot of these guys and gals. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it is something we're trying to do to separate separate ourselves a little bit. Um, Because yeah, like I say, we see a lot of 
just uh, it, it is a bit of an epidemic that people they didn't want to do it in the first place, <laughs> which I can understand. It's not the fun, you know. It's not exactly what you want to talk about or uh, deal with, but you have to, and then you get it done. And a lot of people check it off the list and don't really. I just don't think people appreciate how quickly things change in life, relationships change, financial status changes. It's, if you think back to where you were ten years ago, who you were hanging out with, what your financial situation was, what you were doing for your job. I mean, the number of people who can really say that that's all really unchanged is very small, but people don't really think, you know, that their plans need to be updated and probably do. What do you say to people, not like me, you know, I've been engaged for a while. Okay. I'm getting married. I have a daughter of a couple dollars in the bank. What do you say to people that say, I don't really have any money in the bank. I really don't have any assets. I'm single and I don't have any children. Why should I do this? Uh, there's a couple reasons. One is, um, you know, if they have, uh, your more likely problem is really actually incapacity than passing away. So having an event where you're hospitalized unexpectedly, maybe even just out of the country, or, you know, somebody needs to do something for you and you just can't do it. That actually comes up more often than people realize. And when you're single, especially, it's hard enough for married couples to do stuff. You know, you, you, I couldn't just sell my house without my wife's participation. So, um, you know, single people really don't have anyone that any hospital or bank is just going to like, oh, you're their brother? Oh, sure, we'll talk to you. Like, no way. So um, that can be a big problem. And then just, you know, even if you don't have much, I mean, bills coming in. (laughs) That's part of the process, you know? I mean, it's not just about distributing your fabulous wealth to people. It's also about just wrapping up any obligations you have. And that can be, you know, creditors, too. By the way, Terry and I have been doing the show together for about three weeks. And out of nowhere, a, a completely aborted sentence he just blurted out in a commercial break, you know, Eric, I'd be more than happy to pull the plug on you. With that, I didn't even need to do a living will, did I? <laughs> it's nice to have someone like that in your life that you can count on. Well, Terry, thank you so much for offering, You're you, even though it wasn't solicited. Uh, Dan, how do people find you? Uh, they can find us at uh, themckenziefirm.com. It's just just the McKenzie firm. There's no law in there. Um, or uh, 303-578-2745. Dan, have a great day. Talk to you later, All my right. friend. Thanks. All right. See Bye. you, pal. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, Quinn Snyder stepping down from his position as the head coach of the Utah Jazz. Lakers already replaced Frank Vogel with Bucks assistant Darvin Ham. Sacramento replaced interim head coach Alvin Gentry, who took over for a fired Luke Walton, with Warriors associate head coach Mike Brown, who's still coaching in these playoffs now with Golden State. The only other current NBA head coach vacancy besides Utah, then, is Charlotte. James Brago fired at the end of the postseason for the Hornets. Better opening the Utah Jazz or the Charlotte Hornets. Well, the Hornets are talking to Mike D'Antoni, apparently, so that's part of the equation now. But uh, the obvious answer is Utah. Utah has a much better job. Yeah, I would agree with you, but Donovan Mitchell came out and said he's very worried about the situation. I'm guessing Quinn Snyder played peacemaker between him and Gobert, and now that that peacemaker is gone, you wonder when the chirps start getting louder from the Mitchell camp that he wants out. 
with that talent, it's a good coaching job. It's Snyder, great coaching Sn- job. Snyder did a really good job of massaging Eagles. No, I agree. And they really, this is the, it's interesting because he quit. He, he literally quit. Yep. You, you almost never see that anymore. Right. Well, I got news for you. If you're a, a jazz fan, if Donovan Mitchell isn't happy, it doesn't matter if you bring back Phil Jackson because if Phil Jackson can't get the, the two of those guys right, Gobert and Mitchell, Mitchell is going to want out even if he gets an extra year in a contract. It doesn't seem like he's been happy there, and I'd be more than happy to watch him jump to another team because that is less competition for the Nuggets. That was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. You can walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them, not to mention it's their customer service that really sets them apart. They have everything to you know fit your budget. They have everything. If you want something high-end, they can help you design a kitchen. But when you're making a purchase like that, you want to work with people who can answer all of your questions, who can get you what you need when you walk into a big box store. You know, The person who sells you a screen protector for your phone might be selling you a refrigerator. They don't know about appliances like they do at Mountain High Appliance. You want to work with them because they can get you what you want. They can take care of your needs just like they did with my fiance with her stackable washer and dryer. She could have been happier working with Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, the big news that broke a little over an hour ago about Nazem Kadri. We will let you know what the news is. Also, someone was injured at Broncos camp today. And I'm not saying it's a significant injury, but I will say it's a significant player. That's next. My heart, you 